Show podcast is brought to you by EJA Services, a moving company located out of the Utica, Rome area, but servicing all of Central New York and beyond. Let's face it, moving can be stressful. Relax and let the reliable movers take care of tasks for you. From antiques to electronics to home decor items, they have the experience and the equipment to ensure your items will arrive at their destination unblemished and on time. They can move everything from your apartment, condominium, townhouse, single family home, or office with ease. Competitively priced movers in Utica, New York. Again, they service all of something New York beyond. Moving help, relocation services, office moves, complete packaging services, unpacking, loading services. You know what? Maybe you bought some new items for your office or your home. Shouldn't have to stress about that because they can deliver those things too. Contact their moving and delivery specialist to help you have the new furniture, art, piano, items delivered. Visit their office at 9772 River Road in Marcy, New York, or call them at 315-335-0516. That's 315-335-0516. Or go to their website, ejamoving.com, and tell them that Just Joe sent you. Me just jumping in here just to remind you, just to remind you that the Royal Auto Group and Jason Allen are a sponsor of this amazing podcast. Thank you, Jason. Royalautogroup.com. That is Royal royalautogroup.com. The Just Show podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors. And my good friend, Charlie, when it comes to hardwood floors, nobody better in the Central New York area than him. He's been doing it his entire life. I mean, entire life. You've walked on floors that he's probably done. You've seen floors. You've seen basketball probably played on those floors. You just ripped up some carpet in your house, realized you got these beautiful hardwood floors underneath it. You want to make them look good? Call Charlie. Call Charlie at 315-463-0674 or at Advantage Hardwood Floors at gmail.com welcome to the just joe podcast it's the intro to number i think this is 42 42 yeah it's gonna be kicking back up i think this is like i don't know season three season four i know that we've had a, a few weeks in between time between the last time that i was with you when we talked to our good friend roger Lotring. Uh, I had a lot going on. Life gets busy for all of us. But you know what? I've got some sponsors now. You guys heard the sponsors. You will hear them throughout this podcast. The Royal Auto Group, Advantage Hardwood Floors, and also EJA Moving Services. Yeah, that's the three. They're on board. If you guys are more than interested in sponsoring this podcast, contact me, JustJoe at JustJoe.com. Now let's get to our guest. He's been on this show before. He was the only one that had required a two-parter. Our good friend, Derek Kurzweil. Derek Man, the last time he was on, we got deep, man. Derek um, Derek has been a drummer in this business for a long, long time with bands like Unearth, Shadows Fall, Seamless. Uh, I mean, those are the ones I can just think off the top of my head. Um, we became buddies when he was in the band called Seamless with Jesse from Kill Switch. We did a bunch of shows together, and we just immediately had a brotherhood. I brought him on the show the last time, and he talked about his battle with addiction. Yeah, it was dark and deep i didn't even realize that derek had a problem all those years and uh if you guys want to go back and check that out i don't remember what episode number that is but if you scroll back in any of these things whether you listen on spotify or apple music make sure you go back and check this out but this one we're not talking about that we're talking music because that's what bonded us in the first place so i'm like derek let's have you back on let's talk about music man everything music he's one of my closest friends i don't think i need to say much more but let's just get into the podcast everybody welcome my my good buddy Derek. Hello, my man. What's up? Dude, it's so good to hear you, man. 
dude, it's always good to hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. I can, man. I can. I've just got you. I have my, I do all my podcast stuff from the house. Now I bought this like roadcaster pro and it's like, because man, trying to record a phone call with Apple products into an Apple product is in almost impossible. <laughs> they don't just don't want you to do it. What? Yeah. In 2021, that's that hard to do. <laughs> you have no idea. You know how Apple is with their products, man. But yeah, like I'm sitting here, I'm just getting the podcast up and running again because I just got so busy over the past two months. And then this Just Show podcast is like, it's it's fun because we're just, I'm just making this about music. Whereas I'm about to start a podcast, it's all focused on my fitness journey and mental health and everything else. So like when... That I've gotten so much interest in that. Like, let us know, like people wanting a sponsor and stuff like that. That, and I've already named it the Rock and Podcast. Like, dude, he's got a rock. Oh, that's awesome. So we're gonna do that. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna blow up. So like, I'm like, man, I want to have Derek on that podcast because I would love to follow up with the amazing one that we did. You know a year and a half ago or whatever. But I mean, I'm like, yeah. let's, I go, let's talk about music this time. I'm like, just bring, bring this back. And then I got a couple, I'm bringing, Co- I want to bring Costco on here. I want to bring John Costco on and shoot. Oh, shoot really? Him. Yeah. I want to bring him on because. Oh, nice. So we're just, I was Wait, like, is he coming on with us or is that going to be separately? No, it's going to be separately. It'd be a badass if okay. he's on with us. <laughs> I know. You just got to let him know I was asking about him, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. But, you know, I just got to find And ask him what the fuck happened to Thread, goddammit. Thread, <laughs> thread can still happen. Thread can still happen. Like, thread will happen. Yeah. I mean, the last, the, last, the last podcast I did, I did the last one I did of this series. It was episode 41. I did it with a Roger Lottring. And he used to write for Metal Edge. Did you ever meet Roger? You might have. He's, God, a New I know his he, name. he's 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 a New England dude. You definitely have crossed his path over the years, man. He's writing for Metal yep. Edge for years and years and years. I had him on here, man, and we had the like the best conversation about music. So I'm like, man, this is the Just Show podcast. Let's just let's get nerdy about music more awesome. than anything, you know. Awesome. Yeah, you like want to uh, keep with new stuff? Just what we're listening. Whatever, you have any, uh... man. Whatever. I mean, okay, I, awesome. I, I I hit roll as soon as the phone started ringing. I let my producer figure it out from here, <laughs> and we just oh, see okay. where the conversation goes from. You like sometimes he just lets it roll because I mean sometimes you watch Rogan and you're like, well, he's got this guy on, but they're just talking about fucking potatoes for like five minutes or something like that. You're like, yeah, well, potatoes can get really interesting, dude. Come on. <laughs> he had listen. He had James Hetfield on there a couple years ago and him and Hatfield talked about music for about 15 20 minutes and then they went off for an hour and a half on bees because Hatfield like moved to Colorado and he has this this bee farm <laughs> so they got they went down the rabbit hole for an hour they never even talked about music I'm like he's got Hatfield on here and all they're doing is talking about bees <laughs> I don't know, man. That always like gives the human element to these guys oh, that absolutely. we like, absolutely. you know, absolutely. Which, I, which I love, you know, I mean, anything to show that they're either vulnerable or human is always a good thing. Oh, you know? ab- absolutely. So, you know, and, and, and I didn't turn it off. I was like, well, this is fascinating to hear these two dudes talk about it. And it's really fascinating to hear someone that you, we all look up to and like idolize or, you know, like just talk about like what his passion is, you know, like he doesn't have, yeah, yeah. he doesn't always just want to scream into a microphone and like, you know, master, he doesn't want to always do that. Like dude has a passion outside of music too. You know, it's great to hear that shit. Yeah. Well, dude, let's, let's think about this though. Like, so do, I mean, we always did, even when we were doing what we were doing, as a matter of fact, I'd like to think that 
sometimes we were like, man, I wish I, I, I wish I was home so I could do these other things I'd like to do. Because when you're in the road, all you can do is. I mean, the one cool thing about having a passion, like, okay, I'm like, well, ad- adventuring was always a big thing for me. So when I was on the road, like, I was like, like we discussed before. Look, if I'm in Copenhagen, I'm going to go check out Copenhagen because, right. as you know, we might not get back. I may to never Copenhagen, come back. Right? I mean, this may be right. only two hours to ever experience this part of the planet. Right. But then coffee was always my big thing too, you know? So I got that, like I had a drum tech, Rob, who was, he's still one of my, you know, most one of my best friends, man. And that was what was so great about having him, but he would map out every morning. So we both went on tour and we'd have these really nice, so we knew a dude that was work, not working for, he was endorsed by Redline, right? Yeah. He's a, uh, he's in one of those extreme sports thingamajiggers that are on like AGT and shit like that, right? But they go around like the uh, state fairs and stuff, and they uh, do uh, bike tricks and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So he sent me out a, a wicked nice red line, like 24-inch cruiser, right? And then I got another one for Rob, and him and I would just, he'd map out. He'd sell my drums, and he'd come and get me and go, all right, dude, uh, you got sound check in an hour. Uh, I found the Intelligentsia Coffee in <laughs> Chicago. Uh, it's probably about 15 blocks away. We could get on the bikes, head down there, take about half an hour, and we can get our coffee on our espresso on it, right? I was like, all right, man, I'm coming. You know? Yeah, so, those are the so that, that was great. Well, it's like yeah. even a week or so ago, like I always get to these points. So, I mean, you know what it's like to be a musician. It's like sometimes we just get a little burned out and it's not, it's, dude, I love what I do for a living. I mean, I am so goddamn blessed to be able to earn a living doing what I absolutely love. But at the same time, it still becomes a job at times. And I got, you know, I get burnout. And like lately, I'm just at that point. I'm like, oh, and I drove by this ice cream parlor that like my grandparents used to take me to it's been there for like 60 or 70 years and out front it said business for sale peter is retiring because it's called peter's polar parlor i'm like wait a minute there's a little bit of alliteration on that one right 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 but i'm like but then i'm like fuck it i'm gonna quit everything and just buy this ice cream uh-huh. <laughs> and I fantasized it. I fantasized it for like three days I'm like oh and someone's like why would you want to do that I'm like I don't know it's just something completely different than what I'm doing right now I'm like, it's like fantasizing about what it'd be like on the other side of things <laughs> I don't think I don't think people when you tell them something like that and we do what we do though and all these years um, they, I don't think they understand how uh, how, uh, how it consumes us, and it, it's the gift. But it's also the curse. Yes, you know, absolutely. Because they don't understand how, like, what they, what they can do, what a normal person can do, is pull away from music. That, 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 I mean, that could be being a fan, that could be writing or whatever. But they don't understand, like, when you're just plagued with it all the time, two, four, seven, can't even sleep because you just have these ideas running right. through your head. I remember when my wife, like, when we first got married, and we were like living together and stuff, and like. I'd be tapping on her, her body, you know, and she would be like, Hey dude, can you just like go write that down or like record it? Because you're playing me like drums right now. It's, you know, weird, it's, it's you know? subconscious. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing. And I, I, I've told people, I'm like, listen, I can play gigs. I've played intense gigs in front of thousands of people with brand new sin. I've played, you know, three, four hour, five hour gigs in person, like behind my piano. Uh, uh, and I go, but streaming on Twitch in front of a camera is in a totally different, exhausting level. And I go, it's mental. Wait a minute. So how is that? Yeah. Can you just run down how that, I want to know, like, 
School me a little bit. Like, okay. how does that work? For you? Just the, the, give me a quick abridged version. The, this is the this is a very abridged because version. Because real quick, can I just tell, real quick? Like, yeah. what you do is one thing, but man, I can, can I just tell you that my wife and I, like, being that we are huge music fans, like, yes, you know, the one thing about me, and I know you and I have discussed this previously too, is that the, you and I are very grateful that we never let what we were doing get to our heads to where we weren't fans anymore, right? Right, right, right. So I still love seeing a, a live man. I love that, you know, coming, if I could, I have been able to a couple of times. I've been, you know, lucky enough to come see you playing by yourself, and which I love, you know? Yeah. And, um, but we finally got out to shows this summer, and, like, the first one we went to, I took her to see Kings of Leon, and regardless what anybody thinks about them, like, I happen to think they're a great They're amazing. Rock I, love, band, I love know? that band, yeah. I do too. And dude, like she looked at me at one point and I didn't say anything to her, but it was the first live music we had seen in, you know, well over a year. And she said, I'm getting so emotional. I was like, I I literally am tearing (laughs) up because I can't believe how much I missed this, you know? I I mean, I saw a bunch of shows. I saw some shows this summer, but the one that I was looking forward to all summer was seeing the Black Crows. And yeah, we went. Oh, I sat second row. My friend Stacy and I, she got a hookup, but we still had to pay for those tickets, which like, I've never paid that much for concert tickets in my, in my entire life. <laughs> I bought Elton John tickets for, I, I got Elton John tickets for next year that didn't cost as much as second row for the Black Crows. But like, I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm like, it's the shake your money maker. It's screw it. I've been waiting, whatever, do it. You know, like, and I pulled the trigger and we went to that show, man. And her, and she's a production manager. She runs every show in Syracuse. She knows everybody. She runs amphitheaters, large shows, everything else. She's just as much of like uh, in the business as we are, if not more, where she would be like, man, whatever, I'm going to a concert. But she is a, just as big a fan as me. And her and I both got that moment. I'm like, like, dude, I am emotional as hell. And then she called me a week later when she was at Chris Stapleton. She's like, Joe, I'm. I'm I'm in tears right now. I'm like, I've never seen you cry before. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I've known you like 20 years. I've never seen you cry once. You're crying at Chris Stapleton. She goes, dude, live music, man, live music. I'm like, you're right. You know, dude, we, we had a, we had a really good run and we did see that black crow show. And dude, it was far oh, better than I ever expected. Oh, dude, they were so, I mean, they were so on and the guy and the, the dudes they got in the band to like, you know, back them up were just incredible. I mean, they can say whatever, well, was, dude, you know, there's not, the, was not supposed to be there. Like I couldn't believe when I saw him playing bass, I was like, he's one of the modern, uh, you know, he's one of the modern original black crows. Like he was not supposed to be there. So I don't know what happened that, that, that he got back into the mix. So I was so psyched to see him, but, um, but dude, both of their voices, just oh. how does I, I just don't, I, I have chills thinking, yeah. I don't care if he's an asshole. That dude <laughs> can sing. Right, and those right. songs are amazing. Like, and dude, you want to real quick, man. So I don't know. So my wife, right. I've never seen her so amped about live music as much as we. I saw her this year. So we saw Kings of Leon, and we stayed, my in-laws were in town with us. So we were like, yeah, let's stay away. We rented a room down near where the amphitheater was. Yeah. And uh, she was so psyched about that. She's like, the next day, like, hey, who's playing tonight? I'm like, I don't know. And she looks like a fucking pit bull. You're like, fuck it, and let's she's go. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's, so we do, this is crazy. 
we looked for tickets, right? And they were like 140 bucks for like right down in the front, right? And I was like, that's not that bad in 2021, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, let's see if we can find parking passes. I look at it again, dude, it was like noon when we looked. At three, they were, the tickets were 40 bucks. So we pulled the trigger and went to that. And that was awesome at the time yeah, of my life, yeah. dude. My friend Stacy, who I was just talking about, uh, ran per, she was the production manager for the for Pitbull when he was here in Syracuse. And she's like, I've yeah. never seen an operation run so freaking smoothly. She goes, that camp has got it done. She goes, she was highly impressed with Pitbull, his whole crew, how it was run. She goes, the stage setup. She goes, that is how you run a show. You know? Dude, the production was, like, it's you and I, like, have this thing, too, where we know what's up with, yeah. uh, with you know, like, all this stuff that gets brought in for a production, like we know, like, holy shit, a lot of money got spent on that. There's a lot of people moving and working it. There's a dude, I can't, I start to think in my head, like, how are they making this happen? So <laughs> then that leads into last weekend when my wife, we ended up getting some sick, like box seats for Mansfield mass for uh slipknot. Right. Yeah. I saw that you went. She never seen slipknot. Dude, no, she never seen Slipknot. Not doesn't doesn't love them or anything. Well, guess who's the biggest maggot now? Uh, dude, we, she she woke up in the morning. Well, I don't even know if she slept, dude. She was so amped, <laughs> and they were playing in Connecticut the next day. She's like, "We are going." I'm like, "What happened to you overnight?" But dude, talk about our production. Yeah. Holy shit! She's like, "I want to be a kegist." I'm like, what the hell's a keg it? Like, She's like, I want to be the clown with the bat. I'm like, oh my God. Shit, you know, like, like, yeah. like e even when Slipknot, when I saw them in the early days and they had a really good production, but I mean, they're at a point that van, and I think Sean Glass and I were talking about that. I had Sean on a few episodes back and we're talking about like Slipknot's untouchable. They're a band like they don't really even need to put out new music anymore. Like they're at a, they're at a level that they're never really going to, I don't, you're never going to not see them at the level that they're at. You know, unless something. Well, dude, they also have that kiss. They also have that kiss thing where, like, we don't even know if like Slipknot's even Slipknot half the time. They could be like, "Hey, man, my wife had a baby, and like, like can you go out there and dress like this and just make sure you look like I do?" Like, I never even thought about stuff like that. Like, Slipknot is another band that could they could retire and let somebody else go out and do that show. Skinny from Mushroomhead got to a point where, like, he only plays, like, half the shows, and his drum tech goes up and plays the other half of the show. And Skinny no kinda, way. He hangs out. I mean, he's not in Skinny's outfit, and he doesn't, like, um, he doesn't, like, tell people, like, well, that's, you know, it's... No, that's, no, no, that's yeah, like they, they, well, that, but he's like, he goes, that's just my point. He goes, the band is still functioning. I can sit back here and have a beer and I'll go out and play the water drums or I'll walk around stage. I'll get an interactive. He goes, but he goes, I'm, I'm getting older, man. He goes, I've been drumming for f 35 years. You know, it's like, it's taking a toll. Well, look at Guar too. Guar is another one. Guar is like, I don't even know who's original anymore. Like, I don't think I don't there's anybody. There, there can't be yeah, anybody. Guess what? But there's still. It doesn't matter. Though. Doesn't matter. It's still Guar. Dude, that's gonna happen. Still Guar show. I guarantee that's what will happen when Kiss retires. I've heard. I've heard Absolutely. Some, I've heard some things, and I don't want to say it out loud because I did take something in confidence, even though because he had an ear to the ground with somebody, and it, yeah, there's like our kids' kids will probably watch Kiss, and it's not going to be the dudes that we're seeing. You know, it's like, dude, it's a franchise. Yeah, but has it always been? I was always convinced. So when we play, uh, so when Unearth was, uh, 
We all right. Uh, uh, we were in Belgium for Grass Pop. You know that festival? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. So in two thousand and nine, that was one of the greatest like festival runs in Europe I've ever done in my life. It was us, thirty six Crazy Fist doing off shows together. Oh man. And and I love that band. <laughs> so do I, man. So do I. Yeah. And what's crazy, dude? You know, I have seen them plenty of times. I have been with them plenty of times in the United States. And I'm always like, man, I thought these guys did better than this. You go over oh, the with them. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like we did, we did, that was the year. No, this is 2010, dude. Cause that was the year that we played with. It was unearthed on the main stage in Donington for the ACDC's 30th anniversary oh, of Donington. Dude. So we opened at noon, 36, Kill Switch, Them Crooked Vultures, ACDC. <laughs> yeah, John Paul Jones right next to me. Hi. Well, that's right, because he's um, in Them Crooked Vultures. I forgot that. Yeah, I'm talking to Grohl that day, right? And I, I loosely know Dave Grohl. I've met him so many times. He sees me that day. He's like, I was talking to Randy from Lamb of God, and like, hey, we're tight. You know I'm tight with the Lamb of God, yeah, dude. Yeah, of course. And Randy and I are talking, right? And then uh, Grohl comes over, and he's like, hey, man. He's like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you met me a bunch of times, dude. Derek, I play on Earth. I'm seamless. Uh, a bunch of bands. Oh, yeah, dude, how are you? I'm like, great. Kind of like looking around, right? He's like, dude, are you looking for JPJ? I'm like, um, I kind of was, man. And he's like, let me tell you something, man. <laughs> Don't ever join a band with anyone in Led Zeppelin because nobody gives a fuck about you at all. I'm like, oh, sorry, Dave Grohl, fucking Nirvana and Foo Fighters fame. Get over yourself, dude. But he was right. <laughs> oh, dude, I got here's a here's a crazy little story. But so the Foo Fighters were playing here a month ago here in Syracuse, sold yep. out. I love them too. By the so, way. Seven o'clock rolls around, and they have to announce to the audience that the Foo Fighters are still stuck in New York City. Their plane couldn't get off the ground because of the f some storms that were rolling through. Oh my God! I didn't even hear about this. Okay, keep going. <laughs> so, this is what happens. So, at like eight o'clock, my friend Stacy's like, "Dude, they're still on the ground in New York." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, "What time are they supposed to be on?" She goes, "Like." in 10 minutes i'm like how the fuck is this gonna happen so they kept updating they put the opening band out there in front of a sold out crowd the crowd was getting like just like a little annoyed the, the live nation and the amphitheater said listen we'll we'll extend curfew whatever you just get here when you land in syracuse we'll have a police escort you know literally just clear the highway all the way there so at the last possible minute they're sitting on the, at the airport. They're like, if we don't, well, what's our cutoff time? And it's like at 825. If we don't get off the ground at 825. We're not going to make it in time. And at like 820, they said, you got a window. And they're like, go, go, go. And they get the plane up. They fly. They come into Syracuse. They land. They put them in all these vans. And literally like every police car in the area is surrounding them. Takes them from the airport to the amphitheater, which normally would probably be about a 15 minute drive. Get them there in like five minutes. <laughs> like, they, they go on a little after 10 o'clock. They played until they played a two and a half hour set until like 1230. And people were like, that was, that was because some people were like leaving and some people were upset. It's like, man, shit happens. But like, here's the thing. If the Foo Fighters just showed up and played a regular set at like eight o'clock and you were like, oh, that would be a great show. I go, you just witnessed one of the most like you're going to talk about that until you're 
you, you, you know, until you're on your deathbed. You'd be like, man, I saw the well, dude, that wasn't thing. actual. That wasn't actual backstage making everyone wait because he's a dickhead. No. This was like they weren't even. In, they were determined man. Yeah, they, they get here. They weren't even here. <laughs> they got stuck on the ground. Isn't that crazy? Could That's you, unbelievable. Could, could you? And and here's the thing: the Foo Fighters left a bad taste in Syracuse's mouth a long time ago. I think it was like ninety nine or two thousand, somewhere around there. Ninety eight. What happened? They were supposed to headline the K Rockathon here in Syracuse. Right. And it was like a week or so prior to the K Rockathon, maybe two weeks, maybe maybe two weeks, but like very. Like the concerts here, and they had to pull out. <laughs> and we're like at that time, that K, the K Rockathon, the big radio festival, was not on the level where they had. They had a bunch of baby bands, and it had one big headliner. It wasn't like, "Hey man, headliner, 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 headliner" all day long. And they pulled out to the point where, like, you motherfuckers, like people here in Syracuse got pissed and had a bad taste in them well, for the food. I'm assuming, they, I'm assuming they spent a lot of money on those tickets, or. Even any money at all is a lot of money these days, you oh, know. But yeah, then, yeah. like the band you want to see, the right. band you want to see, just so hey man, we lost track of something though. Please don't forget about explaining Twitch to me. Go ahead. Right? No, no, we'll get back. We'll get back to that. But like they they came back a little bit later, like two thousand one or two thousand two, and played. Uh, makeup, maybe 2000 early. And they came back and played a makeup show and they played at the, the theater here. Uh, and it, it, 2000 seat theater. And that was last time. They oh, played. Oh, so they, okay. haven't, they haven't been here in like 20 years, <laughs> probably because wow. of that, but they came back. So it was a big deal. So like, could you imagine like on, and you know, Grohl remember, I mean, they have to remember that. And they're probably like, fuck, don't tell us that we're going to end up fucking Syracuse over again. <laughs> like we'll never be able I to go there. You know, but they, I guess that's, they show up and blew, blew it away. And everyone's like, dude, they came on. You knew that they had to come out and they're like, we have to put on the greatest show ever. We have to. Yeah. We have to. We don't care how tired we are. Like whatever we got to do, go out there and fucking slay it. And everyone's like, dude, I've never seen a show so crazy. They came out and they're like, hey, we're just going to fucking get to it. And, blah, blah, and I just went into it. But like, that's, <laughs> dude, they are elder statesmen though, man. Oh, they are. But I mean, the whole thing is, is like where we're getting at, where this original started was about Twitch. And there's this whole whole thing yeah. that goes on because i mean i forgot how much i loved i mean oh. I, I, I knew how much i love live music right and i know what you were getting at like it just like it, watching it you know on, exactly where i was going right. go ahead like watching watching it on uh, on a computer or watching it on your tv just doesn't have the same effect and i have that's this, exactly I, where i was going <laughs> but, but in in its defense there are things that you can do in in inside of twitch that you know, if 14-year-old Joe could have access to James Hetfield or one of their bigger, you know, one of their idols or a musician they look up to and they can have one-on-one interaction with them multiple times a week and be able to get them to play their favorite songs or, you know, explain a story behind us. Like, you have access. There's a, it's kind of a VIP type of access. But, you know... So, wait, are people paying... Uh, yeah, so... Here's what I don't understand. Why Twitch? Because there's all these other platforms, number one. Number two, do you have people now paying, like, to where you're um, you're now um, responsible for, like, okay, well, if they're paying this membership fee, I have to do yeah. this now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, How do I you mean, work it? Well, basically, at the heart, Twitch is TV. That's Because it's not Twitch.com. It's Twitch.tv. 
started it's basically okay. basically you are a tv channel if you're going to broadcast on there you're just broadcasting wherever the hell you want it became a huge thing for the gamers that's where gamers become gigantic that's when you hear about like yeah, so and so dude is making 35 million dollars a year like five million dollars a month just freaking playing video games on there i'm like how the f- what the f- why does someone want to watch some dude play a video game they need to really find out this level but here's the thing that happens inside twitch you can create anything you want on it. There's people that are cooking on there. There are people that are talking on there. Video games, musicians, people basket weaving, whatever you want to do. There's a dude on there, one of the bigger guys on the platform. His his name is Hitch. Years ago, he was just streaming himself hitchhiking across the United States and hiking. And then now he's become a biker. And last year he spent the whole summer streaming his thing. I'm mean, I'm biking across Canada. Right now he's biking across Europe. Like it's like I'm like, why would people want to watch this? Here's the two trains of thoughts where it's going. One, it's all about the community. Okay. You build this Mm -hmm. amazing community. It's like building a fan base and people want to hang out with you. Not only want to hang out with you, but then all of a sudden they start talking with people on there and they become friends with people on there. And you see these friendships start sparking up and then the people are there and I'm say I'm performing or anybody's doing their creative outlet. People are in there. You're doing your creative outlet, but then you got a couple hundred people kind of just talking to each other. Kind of like you're at a bar, you know, you're at a bar and they're socializing and they're interacting with me. We're all interacting together. Hey man, how's your kid doing? I know you're sick last week you're having this thing you know so it becomes more about the community and that's really what twitch is all about the reason why twitch is the superior platform to do so one it's owned by amazon amazon bought it right so you can yeah you can you can link all of your payments all your stuff to your amazon prime it's a safe and trusted company you don't have to get them you're there to got your credit card info you're like oh yeah well just link it to my amazon and um there's an infrastructure inside of there so say if you want to support me every month you can subscribe to my channel no different than like hey i have a subscription to netflix it's 4.99 a month to subscribe to joe's channel and one of the perks is you get uh, exclusive utes to uh, emotes that you can use in the chat or you don't have to see ads ads won't play like if you're a non-subscriber every once in a while an ad will play just like you're watching youtube or tv or anything else right Okay. Uh, so it gets around that, but it's mainly a way for me like, Hey man, I really appreciate the content you do. I'm going to give you $5 a month to help you keep freaking creating your content. So your subscribers will range from, you know, depending on how big of a streamer you are, they can, they can fluctuate. You can have really high subscribers amount and then a low subscriber amount, you know, and some people can gift out subscriptions. That's a big thing there. Like, Hey, someone's going to come in and gift out 10 subscriptions to people that don't have subscriptions. Hey man, you have a subscription. Welcome to the family. It helps build the community. Next thing you know, that person next month comes around like, Hey man, your subscription's about to run out. They'll get a little notification. Do you want us to keep subscribing to Joe? They're like, man, I was in there for a month. I really had fun in there. I'm going to resubscribe. Boom. All of a sudden your community starts building. And then within there, you can also, it's so interactive that you can click on a link. It takes you to my song list, which basically comes up like a jukebox, right? And I, at this mm-hmm. point now know 4,200 freaking songs, which is ridiculous Holy in itself, shit. right? I've learned an extra thousand, 1,200 songs. No, 1,300 songs in the past year, just on Twitch because people will pay me to learn a song on the spot. That's one of my things I'm getting ahead of myself. Oh, gotcha. That's one of my things, but you can go inside my song list. You look inside there, you scroll Mm -hmm. through, you're like, oh man, I got to categorize 80s, 90s, rock, metal, whatever, like that. It's just like a jukebox. And you're like, hey man, I want to hear 
I want to hear Kings of Leon sex on fire. You click on that and then it'll notify you like, Hey, 300, it's $3 or 300 bits. Bits is currency within inside of Twitch. So you can buy bits. Uh, Each bit is one penny. So 300 bits is $3. 100 bits is $1, you know, all that stuff. So you buy currency in there and then you can use that as currency inside there. And you don't have to use it to, you know, you know, you can just give somebody bits because, Hey man, I really dig what you're doing. That's a tip, you know, or you can use that. Like you, it's a $3 minimum donation to request a song in my channel. But if someone wants to hear their song next, they just got to pay a little bit more. It's just like a jukebox. You're at a jukebox at a bar. You're like, man, there's like six songs ahead of this. How much? Oh, just like touch tunes. Yeah, like touch I want to hear my song right. next. Well, you know, the play your song right. next is four dollars. You're like, well, fuck it. I want to hear my song next. I'm not going to be here all night. So I have that <laughs> option. I become a human jukebox, and inside of Twitch, nobody, nobody, nobody comes close to my song list. Most streamers have about. <laughs> Two or three hundred, four hundred average. If you're doing what I do, um, some less. Uh, there's a few people over a thousand. One person close to two thousand, but there's there's nobody on Twitch even coming close to the amount of songs that I know. So it makes me stand out, you know. Uh, and, and so, do you have dedicated time though that you are like, all right, if you join? Uh, is it just, you're going to pop up whenever you have the time and do it? Or are you like, no, all right, well, I'm always here on Friday from yep, seven to yep, nine. You, or blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, you, could, okay. you could just pop up anytime you want, but here's the thing. Again, we're talking, going back to the television thing. You're not going to be like, well, when the fuck is the Dukes of Hazard on? Is it going to be on Tuesday or is it going to be Friday night at eight o'clock? No. You're like, well, it's on Friday night at eight o'clock. Yeah. We're going to freaking watch Dukes of Hazard every Friday night at eight o'clock. So you do put, you do want a strict schedule. If you want to make it a living, which I've made it a living, you know, or a good part of my living. It's a, you know, a huge part of my living. Now you have to have a set schedule and then you can do okay. random screens, but like, Hey man, I, I stream like right now I stream Tuesdays at noon, uh, Wednesday nights at six 30, Thursday nights at six 30 and Friday night at seven o'clock. And I usually do three to four hour streams. Most of the time four, you know? Uh, and you know, mm-hmm. so in that time, you know, people can request songs or people can gift out the subs. And the other way I have, they can also click on a PayPal link. You can request that way. I have moderators that help me run the channel, which are just people that love being inside of Twitch. Hey, like, man, I know what to do. And you train them how to run your song list and, and how to, and, and also moderate the channel because I mean, it's the internet. Things get a little weird and there can be hate speech and racial stuff and people that are just yeah, being yeah, disrespectful. So you got to have people that are monitoring, especially like if I have two, three, four hundred, sometimes I've had thousands of people in there watching me. You got to have somebody in there because things can go awry really fast. But the other thing that I have is like for 25 bucks, I'll learn any song, any song. Give me the song. I don't care if I've never heard it. You'll watch me learn it on the spot. And everyone's like, man, I'll pay 25 bucks to make you learn this song. Like, hey, I want to hear you do an Eminem song. All right, cool. 25 bucks. I'll learn the Eminem song, you know, or some artists I've never heard. So in the past year, you know, if I have added 1300 freaking songs, it's another way of creating revenue, another, you know, another revenue stream within the revenue stream. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, but um, I like it. It's a different kind of exhausting in a way. Uh, it's really amazing that I can sit at home and make sometimes way more money than I would have if I went and actually played a gig. Uh, I mean, there's, mm. there's been nights on there. I've made more money in one night than I've made ever in a, the entire month of my life. You know, like there's no ceiling on there. Like if you go play a gig 
you know, a couple hundred bucks, 300 bucks to play at some bar or restaurant and everything like that. That's what you're going to make. Maybe make some tips and stuff like that. And that's all you're ever going to make there. Twitch, you could go in there and make $0 or you could literally walk out and be like, oh my God, I just made $10,000 tonight. How the hell did that happen? You could make a million dollars in there. I've seen people go into streams and donate thousands of dollars. I saw a guy, this girl was talking about her student loans. And how much she was in debt on her student loans. She's like, yeah, you know, if I could just get rid of that, things would be, life would be a little bit easier and stuff. But I don't want to talk about my woes. It's just, you know, it's life. Next thing you know, the guy goes, well, how much do you owe in student loans? She goes, well, I don't really want to see. He's like, no, seriously, how much? She said, I don't know, like 20. She said some number. Five minutes later, the dude PayPal'd her the amount to pay off her student loans. Really? Was she singing or something? Yeah, she was singing, just a singer. Still, what I do. Oh, okay, okay. So he was watching her on Twitch. Yeah, he was watching her on Twitch. I'm sorry if I didn't set that up correctly. I'm just talking about different people that are on there. But all of a sudden, this guy just gave her, you know, PayPal. They're like, you know, the amount of and, and a little bit extra. Cause oh, you're you're not, yeah, you never know who's going to be in there either. You know, yeah, I think that dude, I mean, of, I've had I've had people come in and drop 500 bucks. Be like, dude, I love what you do. Hey, do you want anything? No, man, just keep doing what you're doing. There's people. You've, here's the thing. You know, so there's a ceiling at playing at gigs. And yeah, and you can probably up your game. Well, I might get $50 more next time later, or the tips might be good. But inside of Twitch, you're you're trying to get to a, a place where you can literally talk and reach everybody in the world at one moment. There's literally, on a daily basis, there's 20 million people inside the Twitch network. 20 million, wow. bro. 20 million. It's a numbers game. And I've grown really fast on the platform uh, because I jumped in the platform when everyone went into lockdown and everyone was like looking for something to do. I already had a name. I already started making friends. I was already on K-Rock doing that. We were twitching on there. So we had some visibility. So all the stars aligned. And then, you know, as anything happens, um, you know, cream rises to the top. And then all of a sudden I started meeting all these other amazing people and musicians on Twitch. And we'd be in, here's the one thing I like about most, the majority of my interactions with other music streamers. It reminds me of the back in the day in the music scenes when everyone was just like, man, what can we do to help you? Or like, how do we help you out? Or like, man, good for you. Let's support you. Or like when you're done, like say if I'm here, we'll go into something else. But now that we've exhausted what I do on Twitch, 200, <laughs> say if I got 200 people watching me and I'm done with my stream, yep. I'm like, all right, man, I really thank you guys all for uh, hanging out. I don't just hit stop streaming and those people just leave. You do a thing called a raid. A raid is basically, I'm going to take all of my viewers and be like, Hey man, uh, Anel is streaming right now. One of my favorite streamers. She's streaming right now. Let's go see Anel. So then you just hit this command and you literally grab everybody that you're watching. That's watching you and throw them into their, that person's channel. You raid into oh. So then you you, you just constantly cross pollinating and then they come back and raid you or you find somebody like, man, I'll raid that. And then someone finds you like I've had gamers raid me like these big gamers. Like, Hey man, we're done. People want to see some music. So next thing I know someone shows up, I look up and my viewership's up to like one time it was 8,000 people. This huge French gamer raided me. And that's saying, I know I'm getting all these new followers. Oh my God, you're amazing. And they're throwing in money and stuff like that. So I go from playing to 200 people, which is like a, a, a packed bar or a small club to 8,000 people. All of a sudden I'm in front of an arena of people. 
and Twitch music has grown. There's a whole um, Amazon music and Twitch music have melded. So there's a whole um, division of people that are helping the musicians and musicians grow on there. Um, mm-hmm. they're, you know, they have Twitch cons. They're going to be doing stuff at South by Southwest this year. It is an amazing way to like, just grow your brand. And then all of a sudden I'm getting gigs or, uh, lovegrams or people wanting me to fly me to like, you know, Carolina to play their wedding next year. It's, it's been an amazing experience. Um, and, and, and I'll end it with this. Most people don't leave their house ever. There's only a very few amount of people that actually go out and do anything on a regular basis. Most people are homebodies, right? You know, or most right. people don't have the money to go out and like, hey, spend, hey, we can go see a band for a $5 cover, uh, but then, you know, we got to get there. We got to get a sitter. We're going to buy drinks. We're going to buy dinner. And next thing you know, that's like freaking a $200 night, right? Whereas they can watch right. Twitch, spend five bucks, maybe spend $20 on requesting a few songs that night, set it home with a 30 rack, cast it up on their television, put it on their surround sound. Wow. So I, I, I guess that that was still a pretty long version, but it was like the best. No, way no, to no, but that's, I mean, I think a lot of people want to know about that. Like here I am, a musician who has done plenty in in the music world and understand all of it. But the, right. the, the, the one thing that I, I am not, like very in tune with is, uh, you know, how in the last year and a half or two years now we're going on, like, um, how all this Twitch and, you know, other platforms were, um, working and, and, and what it actually really did do for you. So I was right. curious knowing that how you do it the way that you do it also, like for a band, it's a little harder, yeah, you know, although a, yeah. I know there are bands that are on there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. There's stuff, and I mean, you can do live streams. And I know that Trey from Fish did a big show via Twitch because Twitch is going out and getting all these people. But man, there's some big names on Twitch, like T Pain. He streams often. Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park is a very active person on Twitch, and you'll watch him. He'll go in and you'll get to watch him do production. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to show you how we did this in this Lincoln Park song," and he'll pull up. Pro Tools and he'll show you this production. And then for a while you were submitting songs. He was taking s- submissions from Twitch streamers and then producing their songs on stream. It was freaking wow. amazing. So like that's where as a fan you'll freak out because then all of a sudden you got access to Mike Shinoda and like someone like me, you know, who's the biggest music streamer on there is Heefy. That man fucking oh, really? dude. He was killing it long before COVID long before COVID. And here's the thing. He's very modest at what he makes a month. He's like, oh, I make this a month. He'll say that in interviews. And I'm like, dude, you're making more than that. I know how much I make. I know how many viewers you have. I watch your streams. You know, I mean, obviously, he's not going to divulge what he makes. But I also know that he's making a lot more than than that. And he's one of the biggest guys on the. He was huge on the platform well, before COVID. You know, and he's I think. Not gonna, he's- everybody what he's really making when he can make more and like keep people thinking that it's not right, right, right. you're not going to tell somebody yeah. this and then you're driving an escalate and they're like why am we supporting this guy yeah, right. Escalade, right yeah exactly but, like uh, what am i doing here? but it's made it's made him more relevant and he's mm-hmm. not above anybody to like interact with other people on the platform and like collaborate with other people on the platform that's the thing i've collaborated with people i end up meeting this uh songwriting couple from uh, Nashville, he's scored, he's written two number one hits in the country world, one for Lee Bryce, one for Chris Young. 
His wife's penned a bunch of freaking hits, you know, top 40 hits in country. And I ended up sitting down and writing a song with them. We did a songwriting session via Zoom. They're like, hey, you want to write together? Yeah, absolutely. And to be in the closing track on my, my solo record. Can I play devil's advocate for one moment? Yeah, please? absolutely. So here's the thing, though. I just want to bring it back to one thing. So I, I, I am just tired of sitting. Number one, I'm just tired of sitting and, and either looking at my phone when I'm in the car because it sounds better in here when I stream something right. or on the laptop watching a concert, right? And I will say this. Like I said, when I first started the conversation and my wife and I were at a concert and got so emotional, we were tearing up. Nothing I've watched online has ever made me feel that way. Right. And that is not anything. That's not any disrespect to what you're telling me here. Like to, for, as a business, I think you're doing exactly yep. what you need to do. I'm saying when we were in a pandemic and people couldn't do anything and it was the only option. Hallelujah. We were lucky we had that. But now that people can actually get out and be in that like moment yep. together and be around other people, it, just feels like you yeah. cannot replicate that no. online. No, you can't. And, and I'm okay, cool. I'm just making sure. No, I mean, I do. Team, not even, no, 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 no. I mean, trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm at a point though where we pulled, you know, we're, I mean, dude, I keep hope we're heading in a direction where everything stays where it is, or at least keeps gradually getting better. But, um, we don't, we don't fucking know. Right. And and there was a lot of musicians that came to the platform and then all of a sudden they're now gone because they were more, either one weren't getting a success. And then one, uh, the second thing, all of a sudden they had all their gigs come back. So they went back to what they knew and what they knew they can make money at. But here's the thing. They shouldn't have banned it completely. Cause me now I'm at a juncture in my career. Now I'm at a juncture where like, okay, cool. I got live gigs come back. I want to start doing that. I want to start doing more of these things before. Now I have both of it. Now say, what if a gig gets canceled in the winter time? snowed out. I'm like, shit, my gig. Yeah. Canceled. That's something that we have as a variable that not everybody does. So that's a really good right. point. So you, know? you get your gig canceled. I'm like, well, you know, screw it. I had that happen a couple times this summer. Cancel my gig. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to add an extra stream. I'm going to stream tonight, guys. My gig got canceled. And I went in there and pretty much made up for the fact that I didn't gig. You know, so it's another. Here's the thing. As as musicians, especially as original artists or original creators, we have to have multiple sources of revenue. You know, even yeah, a band yeah, like Slipknot yeah. has merchandising and licensing and Corey's got Stone Sour and the other guy's got this or somebody has a, a coffee company or, so, you know, like everybody's got their own things because you can't completely rely on that one thing. It, it, no band can do that anymore. Even the biggest. Of, yeah, unless well, we know right. Unless you're on a, on a whole. Right. Unless you're Metallica or something like that. Like you're not going to be able to like, yep, that's my job. Like most musicians got to come home and either give lessons or take their day job for a, a little, a, some time and then go back out on the road or they find creative ways to keep making income by working in the business. So oh, I'm going to go back and work at the studio. I'm going to do live sound. I'm going to drum tech for somebody instead of playing a show, you know? So, um, my thing is, it's like now this has opened up all this whole other revenue stream, not only for artists, but also for venues. Cause say like, Hey man, I can't get to red rocks this year, but I want to go to see every, I want to see every show at red rocks. So you buy this all access ticket and you can watch every concert on your freaking 
laptop or cast it up onto your television and you get to watch these concerts that you could never have gone to before, which helps the artists, which helps the venues, which everything. There's a whole other revenue stream that is open up because now instead of 20,000 tickets, you can sell ultimate, you can unlimited amount of tickets. If you people want to watch it virtually, right. you know, and live nations yeah. done that there's going to be vir- more and more virtual opportunities to watch almost all these shows, you know? So it's taught us a lot of things. Um, I've also done zoom private zoom concerts for people like, Hey man, I just want to have you for like 15, 20 minutes, you know, or Hey, we're doing a zoom happy hour for a company. You want to come in and just play songs for us? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's opened up a whole new revenue stream for me, but now it's time to like balance it out. You know, it's a crazy right, world. Right. It's, it's still the hustle. It's just, it looks a little different, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. And it's, I mean, I totally get it. It was just, you know, yeah, I guess I'm just still like, a purist in a way that like, I just wasn't, you know, I'm watching down on their live stream and I was just like, Oh yeah, this is great. And they sound good, but man, <laughs> I just want to walk into a club and like say, Hey man, I, yeah, I want to smell, I want to smell the, I want to smell the club. I want to, I want to feel the heat. Like last week I went and saw Frank Turner, uh, and the opener, he was just Frank Turner acoustic as he is most of the time. And he had like a guy mm-hmm. playing mandolin with him and he had an opener and this guy's named Nathan Gray. I don't know if you know, Nathan is a singer from Boy Sets Fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And he was the opener and I haven't been into a club show. I've been to some amphitheater shows and I'm some outdoor shows this summer. This is the first time I've been to the Lost Horizon since the pandemic. And I went in and I was like, oh my God, I love this club. I'm like, I'm in a club and it was only acoustic, but man, the energy in there was incredible. And Frank Turner is an amazing performer as it is. And Nathan, I had seen in Boy Sets Fire, but never by himself. And he was unbelievably electric. And it was just like, man, I missed, I really missed this. Like, I walked away, you know, like buying a bunch of merch and coming home and listening to them. Yeah, I got, I got excited too. So I get it. I definitely get it. So, um, yeah. And it's not that I'm saying like that. I think that the whole streaming thing has been awful or anything. No, not at all. Like it's definitely, I think it's great to have as an, another Avenue, you know, but I I just like, I'd hate to see live music uh, disappear all because of this because people can just, and I just honestly, like it's just getting to the point, dude. And like, I hope that people felt this as much as I did was that during the pandemic, I worked the whole time because I was uh quote end quote essential. Right. Um, and, and, and so my life didn't change too awful much until it was like vacation time. And then I was on vacation like last summer and I was like, Oh my God, we can't fucking do anything. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I was going to get depressed again. I was like, what the fuck? Like I should just go back to work, have more social interaction with people. And I realized that, wow, we are literally, we don't go to the store anymore because Amazon brings everything. Yeah. We are not even going to concerts because we have it streamed to the house. We're not going to the movies because, well, the new movies are showing up if we want them to. So yeah. it's like, man, all these things I loved about life, about doing things and just like mixing it up. And you never knew what would happen. Like We're just getting like, just, I feel like there's just this like, Everybody just stay home for the rest of your lives because everything. Well, I mean, dude, you know, it, let's be honest. I think we were trending that way anyways. I think COVID just sped it up, you know, like, yeah, by no, like no, 10 no. or 15 years, like, you know? 
But I will tell you all the, the, the when we fi- like when my wife and I finally started to do things this year, this summer, it was like, oh my god, I feel alive again. Like yeah. I really think that we have a mental health crisis because oh, people are isolated. Dude, you know? that's a whole other. That's a big reason why well, I'm starting this other podcast. But the, yeah, but the, the, let's let's hit on that for a second. That like I don't think people understand what the fuck just happened to them. Like I don't think some of them gone in depression. I mean, we all know that the suicides were up this past year. Drug overdoses were through the fucking roof. Well, yeah. And let's talk about in my world, uh, you know, recovery kind of, yeah. it was very difficult oh, for dude, many people could, because there imagined. were no meetings. There were no, I can't, yeah. I can't even tell you what I, that's like you said, a whole nother thing and I won't get into it, no, but we'll, I even we'll had get my the, own we'll get struggles. That into because, the, the other time when I have you on the other podcast, but like we're, the fallout from this isn't going to be the COVID itself. It's going to be to mental health. Those are the things that are going to linger with us for like, it could, could be a decade of like, like, Dude, to like I'm going to tell you right now, we have not even scratched the surface of the repercussions we're going to oh, go through because absolutely. of this. You just said, and, it like, yeah. like, I mean, that, that, that we're already dealing with those, uh, <laughs> how much, how many goods are sitting out in the ocean and can't even get here. Right. right. Um, um, they're already talking. I mean, dude, uh, by the way, in the last month, I know more people that have had COVID in the last month than any other time that, that we were closed down. Yep, I, uh, I, I, I can't I'm, even begin to tell you some of the shit that I've been seeing and watching go down. And it's like, wow, this is just the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've just lost, the beginning. I haven't lost any close friends, but I've lost some acquaintances, uh, some people that got sick and, and they were my age and, and didn't make it. And one of my friends uh, was in a band called STEM uh, from Buffalo. And you, I'm sure you probably played a show or two with them. If you were ever in the Buffalo area, they're like always the metal band up there. Uh, he just got uh-huh. COVID and almost didn't make it. He's 46 years old. So like, you know, we still have to be diligent about what we do, but at the same time, um, here's the thing. I look at it this way. Like, we all know that you can get in a car and drive around without a seatbelt and go 80 miles an hour, but there's going to be repercussions. Okay. <laughs> like, right, right, like, right, like, right. like, okay, this is the world we live in now. Um, proceed with caution and proceed as, as, as safely as you possibly can. Uh, it's never going to guarantee just because you're wearing your seatbelt and not driving 80 miles an hour doesn't mean you're not going to get an accident. You know, like we have, to, we have to accept that and we got to stop looking at other people to try to do some of these things. But yeah, you're right. I mean, to not get completely off subject, but like, yeah, the repercussions of all the other things that are the fallout is going to, it's, that's going to be brutal. Uh, that's going to be the brutal part, but we all got to be pretty aware of that. And that's why the, like, try dude, try to, try to call a therapist and see if you can get an appointment as a new patient. Oh yeah. Or, uh, Hey, how about you try to buy a car? Like yeah, nobody dude. ever saw that. Right. Like, I, I, mean, I, Jesus I, I know I wanted to buy, I, I was thinking about getting rid of my car and getting a new truck. And everyone I talked to are like, yeah, well, no, we don't have anything. Like you're better off just keeping your car for another year. Just a reminder, the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by EJA Moving Services. Located out of Utica, Rome area, they helped move me a couple years ago. They were fantastic. Check them out, ejamoving.com at 315-335-0516. The Just Joe podcast is brought to you by the Royal Auto Group and Salesman Supreme, Jason Allen. He knows how to make a deal. Trust me, he's a good buddy of mine. I've seen him do it. You guys looking for something new, something pre-owned, something new to you? Take the short drive down 81, 
to Cortland, New York, to the Royal Auto Group. They have four different franchises there. They have Chevy, they have Buick, they have Nissan, they have Subaru, and they have many lenders for any credit situation. Their service is open for all your vehicle needs, as well as the state-of-the-art body shop. So stop down and see Jason today, theroyalautogroup.com, or find Jason on Facebook and tell him that Just Joe sent you. The Royal Auto Group, home of the no-hassle, razzle-dazzle, $400 referral fee. This is just a reminder that the Just Joe podcast is brought to you by Advantage Hardwood Floors Incorporated. 315-463-0674 for all your hardwood floor needs. I saw a picture of a, my friend worked at a Chevy dealership. He showed me a picture. He's like, here's 250,000, a quarter million Silverado sitting in, in Kentucky, just waiting for a computer chip. <laughs> Dude, unreal, right? Well, like, so what, what about this? My wife, my wife is always uh, leased cars because she barely drives, right? Right. So she's been going through Subaru for like, I can't even remember when she started. So she had an Impreza, and this, she's had two Imprezas the last two cycles. So this Impreza, she was gonna, they always want them early because she hardly puts any miles on them, and they're going to be able to school used for, like, buco box, right? Right. Um, so she wanted to get a cross-track this time because that's the, basically a cross-track, from what we understand, is the Impreza boosted up a little bit. It's the exact same car. Right. Just has a larger wheelbase. You know, don't feel like you're driving on the ground, right? So she went to call a person and they were like, um, we haven't called you back because we don't have anything. So you should probably just buy the car you have. Right. And she was lucky enough that day, they write out the finalized deals for leases uh, upon the lease terms, you know, when, so that was three years ago. If she had, they, they told her if she had like just bought that car used, she would have paid another like 10 grand for it. But because her lease terms were drawn up three years ago, she got like the craziest deal. <laughs> so she just paid for the fucking thing. And she's like, I'm keeping it. Forget it. I know. But, but dude, I would have never in a million years think something like that would happen. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But I mean, that's again, that's the world we live in. But here, let's, let's change direction. I want to get, I want to get to something before I end up, we run out of time. What? Okay. We've talked about about like what got you excited this summer like you, you saw these bands that we know and love what what is some new music that you're like listening to that is just like not necessarily new but it's a new album or an artist that just put out something that just blew your mind and i know i, I think you and i right. have the same one but like can you hear me give me a couple that like you're like dude everyone's got to check this out right now like right now everyone and i mean everyone and i'm sure i'm gonna get shit for this because everyone's talking about it but it's because it's fucking phenomenal it's catchy it's something new i haven't heard in a very long time they're young they're angst-ridden they're beautiful they have a positive message turnstile for yes. the win dude i my god that dude. can't Neither can I. I'm like, what? I mean, I don't even know who posted about it first. I don't know if it was you or Doc Coyle or if it was Craig Silverman. It was one of the three of you that posted, like, dude, Turnstile just dropped a record that blew my fucking mind. And I'm like, I was familiar with the band because of, the, I mean, they've been around a while, you know, been a long, long yeah. while. But I'm like, all right, these dudes are raving about it. I absolutely respect these guys and their musical opinions. And I went and listened to that record, and I was like, what did I just listen to? I got to just repeat from the top. I'm like, I got to hear that again. Like, what was that? I'm like, was that was that hardcore? Was it punk? Was it what the hell did I just listen to? 
It was so dude. They are in the hardcore world, but dude, they to me they are not. I mean, I think because they have hardcore ethics. But when I first saw them, like when I watched the videos, like these are fucking hippies. They're not <laughs> hardcore. Like, but then I was like, well, Brian was always a hippie, and like he always came off like a hippie. And then you'd see him with Overcast and be like. Who the fuck is that? You know. Well, because so, Brian, because let's I, face it, Brian is a hippie. He would go out and travel. No, with the he fuck. is. He, is a <laughs> Dude, he, he a loves hippie. fish. I think he traveled with fish for months. At one point, he's a hippie. Yeah. He just happened to be in a metal band because he's good at it, right? Well, and then that's, that's I mean, there's the same thing with me, dude. Like, oh, let's face it, I am not like the okay. I, metal changed my life when I was in high school and I was young. But I am not the biggest metal fan, and I don't even prefer playing metal. But I'm a rock and roll drummer who hits hard and has groove, and I can play double bass. Right. So that's uh, one. That was one thing. Like the double bass guys usually have speed, but they don't have power. Right. But there was then it was like guys were like, "Who the fuck's this guy?" <laughs> and then it was me, and I was like, "I think I'm doing this right," you know. <laughs> but I always still had a rock and roll background, you know. I feel like Turnstiles got this hardcore. They have hardcore ethics in terms of their the way they work. But man, I I don't even know how to categorize them. No. But I love that. Like well, I've, it's a, I've, it's, I've been sending people like, listen, I don't know if these even this is your style. I don't even know if you. I'm giving you an unsolicited musical option right now. But it's this yeah. is so good. Like every, you got to hear this. You got to fucking hear this. You know, Lyr- lyrically, it's amazing. Like I think he like, dude, mystery that first track when you really like listen to the way he crafted the lyrics. How he tra- how he changes the context of the same line twice, like two different ways. I thought that was so because I'm afraid too. But then he's like, and I'm a, like, but he changed the context in the second time he said it, like in the second verse. I was like, holy shit! Wow, that was brilliant. And I've watched some interviews with him, and they're just, dude, they're they're, they're not like. There's no agenda. They just do what they do, and they do it well, man. I I am so grateful that i found that record and it made summer it was a summer record it feels like yeah. summer dude I, like, I agree. there's something about i feel like that's the kind of thing that i if i was young again i feel like i'd go to the skate park and all my buddies would be skating and we'd be listening to that record yeah. uh and it'd just be that endless summer night the way that born to run was back in the 70s when everybody was hanging out in their novas in a parking lot drinking beers out of a fucking paper bag you know like you never forget that. I think they're, they're, that's going to be, you know, the, the, they're going to be the soundtrack to 2021 summer for a lot of people. And uh, that'll be the nostalgia that they look back at at no, some point. The I, way I, I hope uh, that blood is for us or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, dude, yeah, dude, I, dude, dude, that yeah. record, dude, they, they hit billboards like top 10 selling vinyl alone. That's fucking insane. That's, that's crazy. That's the other thing. Let's, let's, do, do you know that now, now, unless you're a giant artist or your record label has access to printing, like you're, you're I'm, good I'm luck going through this right now. I'm going through this right now because Roger wants to put out the second seamless record. And we were just told that if we get going on it right now, so I master the, so it's coming out, by the way, right. he's going to put it out. Um, but the Precision Press, the place that we used out of Canada, which made the record look absolutely gorgeous, everything about that thing was spot on. So I was like, I don't want to go anywhere else. 
he called, hey, what are we looking at for a timeline? They They're year. like, oh, probably summer 2022, yeah. almost here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, so the, what I heard like basically is that if you took the maximum amount of records that every plant in the world can produce all together, there's still another like, 500,000 records that got to get made and it's just obviously not going to happen. Yeah. There's only, there's only like, I think it's under 20 pressing plants worldwide. Yeah. They can't, they cannot press them fast enough. Like, like obviously if you're a dollar Metallica and you want to press it, yeah, they're going to press that shit, you know, but you, like, you know, done, people, but people like us, yeah. but so, no, so but I saw, I saw, yeah, I saw somebody go the other so day. Yeah. Or you got something that was already in the works. So my friends, like, dude, watch, watch it. CDs are going to make a comeback. <laughs> well, the, because I don't know any, why, but yeah, because, the cassettes. People are like trying to do cassettes again. It's just like, dude, that's not even funny. No. Like they're horrible. They don't. No. They sound horrible. No, no, they don't last. Now somebody asked me, they're like, would you ever do cassette? I'm like, no, they're horrible. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? I don't I'm know like, who's trying of that one. I mean, they are coming out, you know, and and I keep seeing them available, but I think that's just a eighties nostalgia or like, like, Hey, I want to live like an eighties kid cause right. uh, stranger things. And, uh, so I get it, but right. they're, yeah, they're not going to last. But like, you watch it. CDs will make a comeback now and they're already starting to make comeback because be people want to like that, but you can get, pre- you can get CDs done for like nothing. Like I have a plan. I have a, the studio, one of the studios here in Syracuse has, they print all my CDs and I'll say, hey, dude, it's yep. un- unbelievably cheap. And I'd be like, Hey, I just need 10 copies. Cause I got a gig coming up because I had a gig coming up this past summer. I'm like, I just need 10 copies of each. And they're like, well, all right, cool. It's re- they'll be ready this afternoon. <laughs> you know, and I just go down and pick them up. <laughs> so I'm like, well, uh, you know, I mean, but here's the only problem. Like there's no CD players in cars. The newer car, but, that, was, but then again, you can't buy a new car either. So right, right. Well, the funny thing is, so Stompbox, this band from uh, Boston that I was always in love with, got back together for this benefit that only Living Witness was supposed oh, to play, but somebody got COVID. Oh yeah, in Sam Black Church, but but like so, Stompbox had not played in twenty six years. So uh, Curve of the Earth, this small label in Boston, was like, hey, we're going to put out a limited edition. Uh, CD copy, like 300 copies of their, uh, the, they, so they had an album come out on Columbia in 96, I think it was. No, no, 94. And uh, it was called Stress. And uh, Sylvia Massey had produced it. She did Tool Undertow. Yep. She did a bunch yep. of it. And they had recorded it across the, across the hall from Jeff Buckley when he was doing Grace at oh. Bearsville. Like, they were poised to be huge. And then they imploded. Like, everything went bleh. And they dispersed, and then here it was, 26, later, 26 years later, they get back together to do this benefit just a couple weeks ago, right? They sounded absolutely awesome, but, they, so they did a record stress with Columbia, but they had early versions of half that record from a demo they had done with somebody uh, in Boston that was like, he was just a... Um, communications kid from Emerson, I believe, and I thought that they sounded even heavier and more bombastic than the actual versions that came out. So they put it out with some demos, but only on CD because they couldn't get vinyl done anywhere in time, but they didn't, but I got one of the CDs, dude. I haven't been able to listen to it because there's no way to play it. (laughs) I have no CD player. I'm going to have to rip it into the laptop and then throw it on a hard, like a little, uh, 
a thumb drive so I can play it in my car because that's all I have well, as an option. Dude, I had I I was like finding these old VHS tapes, dude. You, you know how much it is to buy a V a fucking VCR? Have you tried to buy a VCR? They're like eight hundred dollars. Oh, I can't. That, that's how much they were when they first came out, and then they would turn into like fifty dollars, and now they're back to eight hundred. Yeah, Jesus dude. Like Christ. go on Amazon. You're not going to find a VCR under like seven hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> Oh my God, that's hilarious. Because I found all this. We have the very first brand new Sin show on VHS and some other stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm like, man, I want to get, maybe I get a VCR and then I'll just rip it into my computer. Like there's just a, you know, cord and some software does that. And, uh, and I went looking for a VCR and they're like, yeah, good luck finding a fucking VCR that has that capability. I'm like, what? And then I went and looked and I'm like, 700 fucking dollars for a VCR. I'm like, well, it's an outdated thing. But, but I mean, I will, I will probably go buy a CD player. Cause I was like, shit, I'll just, you know, expand on my, my stereo system. But I got rid of all my CDs a few years ago. So I'm like, why am I, why do they, why do I got this? I'm getting the vinyl and I'm going to regret getting rid of all my CDs. But I mean, honestly, uh, dude, I, I got rid of, I got rid of all mine too though, man. But when I, <laughs> you want to move all my CDs? What did you Fucking do? Roger. No, I said, you want to know who bought all of them? And I mean, there were like 3,000. Fucking Roger that put out the Seamless record down at Purchase Street Records. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, so, so I maybe I funded with my CDs. I funded the record like in a backwards kind of way. You That's know what weird. I mean? <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, it's, but, just, it's real interesting to see where this is headed. But yeah, so yeah, so Turnstile. Definitely. I think you and I are both on that level. And then I got a band that I discovered right before COVID and they just put out a record and I sat down and listened to it. And it's a band from Europe. I don't know exactly where they're from. And I think it's a guy that it's his project. And then when he plays live shows, he just gets a band called Sleep Token. Sleep Token? Sleep Token. Like I'm going to sleep and token like, hey man. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep Token. I don't even know how I came across them. And they're a little bit like they got, little, they got a little bit of atmospheric in there. There's a little bit of electronica, yep. but there's some metal, but there's rock, but there's like singing song. It, dude, it's all over the spectrum. And I like really fell in with with it. And the production is really cool. It's 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 badass. And like I just got their new record on vinyl, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and and listen to it yet, man. Haven't. I will check that out. Sleep token. Yeah. They, they have, they put out a couple EPs and then they put out an, uh, a full length before COVID and they just released one like a couple weeks ago, you know, so that, there's a few new things I wanted to ask you about. What's that? All right. So first of all, what's your thoughts on, uh, Wolfie's album? Dude, it's, I think it's awesome. I think Wolfie's, I can't wait to see what else comes out of him as he grows. Dude, I thought it was electric. I love that record. I, it's, I it's, was it's, blown it's, away, to be honest with you. I, he played all the instruments on the fucking record. I never expect. I honestly never expected him to 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 be like right up our alley in terms of like, dude. That is like put him out with Queens of the Stone Age. Put him out with like all, yeah. all of our favorite rock bands. Like and, he will do fine. Like and he, no, he's doing uh, really well. Those songs are catchy. They're like they're fresh, and I'm like. Damn, I'm like, good for you, man. And the best thing is, like, follow him on social media because he got people that trolls him all the time, and he trolls him back even better. Like, it's fucking Dude, he, hilarious. Love that about him. He is not affected at no. all. And another thing is, dude, his voice is 
good. Yeah, like, he pulls it off. Live. I never thought. I never thought he was going to hit those notes, dude. I, I live. I figured that that would all be doctored up or something. No, and said, I also got to tell you, I know somebody that's the drum tech for his drummer, and I have heard nothing. I mean, nothing but amazing things about him. Uh, he, he's just a class act, dude. He takes, his dad was a class act, but a little bit further out there. Right. But I think Wolfie's a grounded version of his dad. Yeah. Like, well, he's, really you know, is. It's what you want for any of your kids. You want your kids to like, listen, don't, you can do what I do, but don't do what I did. <laughs> you know, like right. be a musician, but try not to make the mistakes that I did because you know, um, you know, I, I made some pretty bad mistakes along the way and you don't want to, you don't go on that thing. So, I mean, if that kid was paying attention yeah, I mean, he, I mean, who, who else he's going to learn? He mean, he learned from the best. He literally learned from right. the best, you know, but yeah, I'm completely blown away by that. And I'm, I'm really excited to see what else comes out of him as the future goes on, especially as he, he, he grows as an artist. Cause I mean, he's still young. I mean, how old's Wolfie probably in his late twenties, late twenties. Oh, no, he's a, I think he's early twenties, dude. I think he's really young, dude. Cause he was 16 when he was playing with Van Halen. Now I was 10 years. Ah, you in mid twenties. I don't think he's 30 yet. Yeah. I got, now I got to look Wolfgang. While you're Van doing Hill. that, let me ask you about this. Cause he's okay. Th- so he's I, 30. I, like, I, <laughs> he's 30. He's we were right. We were both kid. right near there. Exactly. But go ahead. What's the other question you want to ask me? No, no, I, I just because uh, uh, new releases that I've been uh, hanging with that uh, I'm not saying I'm asking you about them, but I'm not giving my opinion until I hear yours. Okay. I just happen to believe we're both going to be on the same page. Now, here's one from out of left field. I'm not sure if you're into her, but I absolutely love her. And her new record is produced by uh, Trent Reznor. So, Ooh. Halsey, are you a Halsey fan? Halsey? Oh, yeah. I didn't know Tre- okay. Reznor produced that record. Yes, and it's a great record. Dude, I, f- I fell Go back and, and listen to it now. No, nah, I'm going to go back and listen to it in years. years. And it's all going to make sense now. <laughs> yeah, because I got into her... She popped up on a short-lived show on Showtime called Roadies. And oh, I know. I saw that whole. I saw all of them. She was on. She was on the episode, and she was under the the thing, the stage with uh, what's his face. It's causing all the machine gun Kelly. It's causing all the machine gun. Yeah, I remember that. So, and I'm like, wow. And that's when I fell. I was like, all right. And I checked her out as an artist because that was the cool thing about that show is each week they had an actual actual band on there. That's how I discovered right. the, head, the head and the heart was on there. I'm like, wow, yeah, who is this? Yeah. You know, so. Um, and that's why I went down. But I've heard some tracks. I don't think I've listened to the Halsey record all the way through, but I've heard some tracks on those. Now I want to go back and hear it again. Listen, if you listen to that record now, knowing that, you're going to be like, oh, my God, how did I not catch that? Yeah. <laughs> it's very, oh, You're going to know that he was all over that. Then uh, what about, um, so um, are you a Royal Blood fan? Yes. Have been since day All right. Did you, have, you likewise here. The new record, all right, so uh, that first record, I am absolutely in love with still to this day from the first time I heard it. Second record, I was, eh, you know, I like it because I love them. But, dude, I don't know what the fuck. I don't even know how to, here's another one. I don't know how to categorize their new record. It's almost like disco rock and roll, but love it. Like, I think it. I, you know, I, haven't, me, I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't listened to it. Dude, give it some time. Go listen to that one. That's an awesome banger of a record. Is, and is, then, is, there, is there 
elements because here's the thing I'm hearing in almost every production out there. Like, dude, I hear the eighties everywhere, everywhere in production, you know, of obviously course. in the of pop course. music, you know, the weekend and, and some of those people I'm listening, I'm like, dude, is it's 1985 again? What the fuck is going on? Like, I love it, but it's just better production of music that would have sounded like an 85. So I see that seeping in. Does that, does that seep into the Royal blood record in any way? It does, but I don't think it's blatantly. It's not. You're not going to hear '80s as much as you're going to hear. Uh, fuck, I don't even know what. Dude, just oh, go check listen it to out. It, like, yeah, you know, so Josh, Josh Homme produced a few of those tracks on there, so you're going to definitely hear that like lo-fi Queens of the Stone Age thing with the the dancier Queens of the Stone Age, where it's rock and roll, but there's a that disco beat all the time, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it gives it a little bit of a, like, it, it's different, man. But I, I felt that it was a lot more musical. I think his voice is just so awesome. And I love what he does with the bass guitar. That dude, they don't even have a guitar player no. in the band, dude. You wouldn't know like, it. He no. runs, people, people don't realize that. He did one of the most brilliant things that I can't believe I never thought of. And that was run your bass rig, but run your bass through a guitar rig. That's what Lemmy did. He doing a bunch of basses. Well, no, no, but for the whole band, he's playing bass and guitar as one person. Yeah. Lemmy didn't do that. No, he just, he, Lemmy hated low end. He hated, he hated right. the sound of a bass. Yes, he did. But, uh, you know, Lemmy was Lemmy and Lemmy right. could do whatever the hell he right. wanted. He's fucking Lemmy. The only other thing I want to tell you that I have fallen in love with this summer, and it's not a record, but it is a podcast. And as you know, that I am the biggest, probably one of the biggest Prince fans on the God's given earth. <laughs> and Prince's official estate approved a podcast that is one of the most riveting. Now, Prince being dead still kills me to this day. Like, I thought Prince would outlive me. I thought Prince was going to live forever. Right. So it still kills me that he's dead. But I'm going to tell you something right now. The one thing, the most amazing thing about Prince dying was that he no, he no longer had a hand on stifling the world <laughs> telling everybody about him and how he operates and dude the stuff that no one knows that's finally coming to fruition and that i mean that everybody's starting to finally you know understand about him and the way he worked with a he never slept like the, he he would have two producers yeah. and engi- or two engineers, engineers working and when the one guy would get tired he's like all right go get the other guy out of the freaking room bring him in let's go literally that that is not, that's not even uh, exaggerating at all. That's how it was. And there's a Prince official podcast in dude. There's a four part one about 1999 and that whole era oh. talks to people from the revolution, from, I mean, people that were engineering people that were, you know, tour managing every dude, you hear everything from that era. Then the one that really got me, though, because it's one of my favorite records of his, is Sign of the Times era. And, dude, I did not know that he was working on Love, Sexy, Sign of the Times, the Black Album, and a record called Crystal Ball, which never even happened. One came out later, but it wasn't the one that he was working on then. But he was working on all those four records simultaneously. And and, and I'll just tell you this. One of the engineers, the, the woman that uh, does the podcast is uh she was a journalist from minneapolis that you know had been you know covering prince for years and just knew all these people in that in prince's you know community and she got them all together and they just all talk and finally are able to talk you know 
but she asked one of the engineers, like, do you think it's safe to say he was writing like at least a song a day? And they were like, a song a day, try three, maybe yeah. even four. I was like, song an hour. Dude, I don't even, how does someone, I, like, I don't, don't I can, yeah, can, can you imagine? Like we know how musicians brains work, but like when you're talking about somebody who's literally a genius in that realm, I can't wrap my brain around that. I can't. I can't either, man. Cause it's not like he was writing, uh, you know, three or four shitty songs. He was writing three or four of the best songs ever written on the planet. You know, like, I, I, and then and, and then tracking every single instrument that needed to get tracked. Like, oh oh, and singing everything that needed to be sung. And uh, oh oh oh, by the way, uh, designing everything that he wore. And oh oh, by the way, I just. Dude, yeah, he, he was an absolute anomaly. Okay, I, I got I, I got to listen to that podcast. I just wrote it down. I'm going to check that out. But but it's, damn, uh, it's Prince official podcast. Yeah. You'll find it. Trust I'll me. Find it. So there's there's the 1999. That's where you start too, though, dude. Okay. Uh, the four episodes there. Then there's a two uh, an awesome two episode uh, with uh, like the him and just the piano. That little run that he did there. Oh, yeah. So there's like two. Yeah. Sign of the times, and then there's a four parter. For uh, welcome to America, but dude, uh, I don't. I, I, I have mixed thoughts about that whole thing. Like the records, not. I, I, it wasn't released for a reason. I think that is that he never wanted it to get released. I think he just wanted to make it and then put it away, like he did. Um, yeah, I he think probably just like I need that, to get this out of me so I can get to the other shit. <laughs> you know, like that's exactly what it was, man. It was never meant to be released. But I will say this. Um, it, it, it also just helps me understand it getting released and me knowing how, I mean, I know so much about him and I know he wasn't brilliant all the time. He was brilliant like 98.9% of the time. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that thing was never supposed to drop, but you know, it, it even Led Zeppelin had a misstep. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Beatles had a misstep, but like I said, that was like one percent. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're always going to have a career where some shit's going to. I mean, if your career is long enough, you're going to have a couple clunkers along the way. Like, let's be honest here. You know, you know, you're not. The gonna best have, thing is though, he didn't let it go. Somebody yeah. else grabbed it, yeah, put it out. So I feel better about that. But other than that, just like one more thing, I was going to ask yeah. you: you go to Europe, man? We only went to the UK. We went to the UK once, and we never got to go to. No, Europe. no, no. I said a Gojira fan. Oh, Gojira. I'm like, go to Europe? I'm like, ah. Gojira? Yeah, absolutely. I love Gojira. Have you heard the new Gojira? Yes. Yes. What's your thoughts? It Sonically, I, I love the production on it. I mean, yeah. It, there, there's something, I think, there's times when I listen to that style of music where I don't even hear anything else. I'm just like so lost in how the... The, the soundscapes and the little guitars and things like that. And I think that's from the one listen that I had all the way through that record. That's what jumped out at me. Yeah. But were you a little underwhelmed? Yeah. Compared to their other stuff. Yes. Because I have a feeling okay, when I cool. go back and I hear the other stuff compared to that. I'm just like me. Sometimes I get lost. I'm like, wow, that, and then I get, and then I'm only listening to production. So. No, I mean, and that's, like I said, the gift and the curse. Even when we enjoy something, we start taking those time. We have those times we listen and we're like, you know, starting to like reverse engineer it in our head and everything, you know? Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. Crazy. But from a first listen, like it's a good record, but I was a little underwhelmed. But I still love the band and I love 
everything they've done. I think it's a grower, but I just haven't given it time yeah, to grow I, I because go when I go to listen, well, yeah, go back. But like, I think you're still going to go, ah, I'm going to go listen to Magma. They're just one of those bands. Like they just constantly put out perfect stuff. So you're going to be at a point where you're like, ah, you got to favor something every so often yeah. more than the other, you know, but that's, what's beautiful about a band that has a catalog like that, you know, so, but so, so dude, it was so oh. oh. Yeah, Go ahead. No. So in the so in the future, I got to have you on my new podcast, which I'll hopefully get going by the winter. I'm hoping to have that done and ready to go by the first of the year, to be honest with you. Like, I'm going to be honest with my timeline, but I want to really do that one right about mental health, physical health, everything that we went through. I would love to go back and, and expand upon what we talked about here on this podcast prior when I had you yeah, on and second of all we got to do that other one like dude I'm just going to do all the I, I sound like Jamie Johnson now like I got an idea I'm going to do this other podcast and all this other thing and Jamie's like dude slow down Jamie like how do you do all this shit no you have to go yo bro yo bro yo bro yeah bro I got an idea right yeah, got so so we got comes out of the ground, all right? No, yeah, rocker. Oh, there he is, oh. dude. He's yeah, he's the same way, dude. He's, he's just got massive ADD. Like when I, when we were on Kingdom of Sorrow tours, it was like I felt like sometimes I was his personal assistant because you know I'd come running in from hanging out with my friends. You'd be like, "Yo, Groovewell." Run down and grab me a pint of fucking Ben and Jerry's. Here's five extra bucks if you don't mind. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm like his PA. Like, I played drums in the band, damn it. <laughs> Whatever. I love him. Yeah, he's, he's great. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I would absolutely love to get, um, like, I think there's a lot, um, there's a lot that I could expand upon yeah. uh, from our original podcast because many things have happened and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, positive and not so positive. Well, I mean, that's... you know, I had another run in terms of like going back to rehab again to kind of do recalibration, you know? Yeah. And like, it, it hasn't been perfect, but man, right now I'm in the best place I have been perfect. with it's the exception not, of like when like... I first came out, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it sounds no like things that. are going well. My wife and I are like Good. just top notch. Like that's, that's the most important thing, man. Like, I just promised myself that I would, you know, I owe her a living amends. And like, even though I tripped up a little bit in this, uh, this recovery thing, like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm where I need to be and we are where we need to be. And it hasn't felt this good in a very long time. And, and that's, and it was my fault, you know, like hey, I don't blame hey, her for a goddamn thing. That's, that's what's that's but I'd all love about. to expand on that. No, we'll, we will. We'll, we'll get to that another time. But, dude, thank you for being on. I got to start getting ready. I got to eat some dinner, and I got to stream tonight in about another hour, and I got to get my studio set up because I got it set up for podcasting right now. So we got to switch some wires and yeah. shit around. But let's keep in touch. Uh, I'm going to have Costco on. I'm going to grill him about thread, and we'll, we'll go from there. So. <laughs> that sounds great, man. Right, it's man. always a pleasure talking to you, man. you, man. Hope I get to see you sooner than you later. All right, brother, I love right, you. Man. Love you too, man. Take care. Right. Take care, bro. Peace. Yeah, we talked for quite a while. <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to happen. As uh, I mean, Derek and I, I mean, you can hear the energy in his voice. 
especially when you talk to somebody that we've had a history with. And um, man, I, if you guys haven't, go back and listen to that podcast. It's a two-part podcast. I can't remember what numbers it is. I don't even know what number this one is. It might be 42, 43. Uh, but if you go back and early and listen to him, that'll be prefacing what I'll have him on when I start my other podcast. So uh, again, shout outs to my sponsors that you heard about. We finally got some sponsors on board. The Royal Auto Group and Jason Allen. Uh, also a big shout out to EJA Moving Services and another shout out to Advantage Hardwood Floors. If you guys are interested, let me know. I, I would love to have you a part of this podcast or the other podcasts or the other things that I do on social media to help get smaller businesses out there. I have competitive rates and everything else, but let's not talk about that. Derek, thank you for being on. Uh, everybody, you have a great week. Uh, this is, I don't know, season three of this, this podcast, season four, whatever. It's back, my friends, and I'll see you soon. I love you. Peace. Yeah.